0: Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the after party for episodes 15 and 16. Um, these are the ones that we had just recorded uh, a few APs ago where we were like, you guys don't even know what's happening next. And then it happened. So I'm very excited to talk about it. Me too.
1: I just like making an actual blizzard happen after teasing a blizzard would happen. Mm. Now it's actually happening. And I'm just not, <laughs> I'm not like, you look at an onion. Looks weird. It's weird onion snowing. You roll all your bird bones, and then it says, what, snow?
2: You mean my girlfriend's uh, girlfriend's bones? What?
1: No, this is the bird bone witch Ah, from the mid-roll a little while ago. Gotcha. You don't need a therapist if you have a bird bone witch. But also your girlfriend's bones. We do roll those.
2: We do.
0: (laughs) Well, we have lots of questions from the JTP audience, but first, uh, Julianne Brandon, I'm sure you guys have some things to ask. I wrote down from episode 15 the quote, would you say snow is water? Um, which <laughs> I, just I thought was really <laughs> charming.
1: Uh, I Yeah, no, man. Dungeons Dragons is lovely because everything is flexible. So you know what the answer? Yes, snow is water. So I do want Milo's ghost hand hanging out the backside se- of his best friend Rai trying to holler at the snow. No scrubs. <laughs> no s- snubs. That's nothing. Mm, that's nothing. <laughs> no. The, the fun thing about making challenging things for your players is that you might think it's challenging in your head, but then they do one interesting thing and then becomes much easier. But like, it's not a big deal. Like if I really wanted the car to crash, I would make it crash mm-hmm. and, you know, have a bear bite a, a piece out of said truck. I don't need the car to crash into a snow pile for you all to have fun. So like, that was just really uh, <laughs> innovative. Weird Quite definition <laughs> of fun. <laughs> oh, you love it. You love it.
0: Eric, I have so many questions about the mechanics of this episode. I would love to know about blizzard mechanics. I would love to know about that vehicle table, the mishap table. And also, what the fuck is happening with those bears?
2: Julia, do you have any insight here? You're the one who rolled the great roll. (laughs) Just, I know that the the bears are the same bears. That's all I know. Don't know if they're cloned.
1: (laughs) It's the same bear. That's all you know. Same bear. Uh, I Something I also love about Dungeons and Dragons is that when the players role to understand things, I really do like tailoring it to the specific role you're doing. Like you could have made a few different roles. You could have investigated, you could have perceived, um, this could have been Arcana if you were looking at like if something was really fucking weird, mm-hmm. but you did nature. So I'm like, all right, what, what does Val know about bears and living in upstate New York? Not much. I feel like if a bear comes on your property and like, oh, no, I know that bear. It has a spot on it and a scar on its on its paw. Be like, oh, that's the same bear. So I felt like that was the kind of thing. And also mm-hmm. making it a nature check was a little bit more interesting. Be like, yeah, you you look at that fucking bear. It's <laughs> there and it's standing <laughs> in the road. Something really funny was w- in my mind of Aggie really, really slowly driving around the bear. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a kid doing yep. like a, trying to parallel park for the first time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, as you should, you don't want to scare a bear with your big car. Be nice to bears. Run them over. Listen, if you ding the bear, that is like 2 points on your license. It's true. That's true. <laughs> it's almost an That's auto fail. Funny.
2: You got to get one more point <laughs> off.
1: Uh yeah, let me tell you about some tables um, uh, my friends. Uh I want to talk about the vehicle table. So this was just the possible vehicles that could have been in I actually had a few different I had a few different things that could have happened. If Batmobile is one of them, I'm going to leave this podcast. It was not a Batmobile. No, it was not.
0: I feel like I really fucked up in tr- wanting to take my own car here. I feel like Eric looks so disappointed. <laughs> I-, I felt like I waste time in the episode. I just I want to I want to just air that out with you
1: guys. No, that's totally fine. I it was more like that was one of the various things you could have done. So there could have been vehicles in different places. Dr. Morrow could have had a vehicle. We could have used vehicles you already had, but of course that associates you with the citizen that you are. Or you could have tried to get vehicles somewhere else, like knocking on doors for a neighbor, trying to steal a car, any of these other places. So you had a lot of places that you could have taken cars from. But I also had a vehicle table, and then I had a Dr. Morrow version of things. So the vehicle table was a truck, which is just like Aggie's truck. You just had a regular sort of four-door car. There was snowmobiles. Mm. So you call could have rolled out on snowmobiles, oh, which we could have man. been set. And then there was just like a straight-up minivan, uh, which has like high HP, but not really that great steering. But then Dr. Morrow versions of it was, was the same car. She had a very similar truck to Aggie did. Her car had a hard light plow on it. Ooh. So if you had a four-door sedan, you could have hit a button and then a plow would have just popped up on the front of it. That's right. neat. That is dope. Um, on the snowmobile, there was a compartment for skis and a tow rope. So if some if someone wanted to ski behind it or you had to do some sort of flips maneuver, that would have been possible. All All right. That would have been so much fun for Val. What? I'm, come on. Was there. You guys got a tank. The last thing you instead a of tank. a minivan was a little. tank. We didn't even take the tank, though. I'm
0: so bad. I'm still stuck on the, uh, the snowmobiles because then there would have been much less opportunity
1: for Milo to flirt with Quinn. That's true.
3: <laughs> That's true. But also flips on skis.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- I'm actually very surprised you didn't take the tank. Uh, it would have been helpful if you already saw that there was danger out there. Um, But you did kind of go for speed or the similar thing that you had before. So I thought that was actually interesting. I didn't want to dissuade you from taking the tank, but the question you asked me was, how fast is this? And I'm like, it's a tank. Right.
2: Yeah, I think we prioritized speed just because we had to go back Mm -hmm. and like we felt like we were losing time. I don't know if that was just me, but... I I did want the tank. In character, I really wanted the tank, but also I wanted to get to the museum as soon as possible.
3: That's a good question. Was there a timetable
1: element to it, Eric? There was. I think there was something there. I think that as what happened, you kind of ran in on Lucas while everything was fine, and then things popped off. That might have been the most quote-unquote normal situation, but that is if you did it in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. If you got there really quickly, maybe if you didn't fuck around with Emily Slaughter and Sour Anthony, or you didn't do your Instagram uh, side quest, you could have gotten there faster. You could have gotten there slower if things really messed up. Um, so you kind of got there in a timely but not like super prepared manner. So a uh, vaguely, kind of more like a, a clock that I had in my head. Gotcha. But
2: then Anise would have frozen to death and then I would have felt bad.
1: That's true. Anise. Oh, Anise. Our
2: BFF.
1: My good friend. Anise, uh, Anise works at Luke's diner somewhere at Star's Hollow. Good for him. He's
0: Carlos's co-worker.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was also a mishap table. Um, if you had taken the sedan or you had taken the minivan, um, these mishaps probably would have happened more if you would like hit the side of the road or if a bear ate you <laughs> or destroyed that. So you did actually get one of the mishaps Uh, five to six if I rolled on a d10 a five to six your heater died which would have uh had you keep getting uh cold rolls uh, mm. instead of like keeping you insulated. But of course instead of the heater dying there was just a literal hole in the <laughs> car Um, you could have had messed up steering you could have um, immediately veered off. Uh, Aggie would have had to do a dexterity check to like keep on black uh, from black ice nine the engine just literally would have died and you would have needed to jump and then if you rolled uh, i rolled a 10 uh the car just straight up would have flipped and you had to do saving throws or take a lot of damage just like randomly just i mean like it's not it's yes brandon immediately (laughs) like you're in fucking beam at beam ng there would have you would have clipped through a barn and you would have died yes brandon that's exactly what would happen that sounds fun
2: I really love mishap tables in my home game. We used it for a like airship battle and oh my God, like just being, having to fix stuff in the middle of a fight is so fascinating and so much fun and throws a real wrench into things. I really like that you
1: incorporated it. Thank you. Uh, I think that that was Misha, right? Yeah. Yeah, we definitely talked about that. So oh, I it's figured. also me when you think about it. But then again, a lot of this stuff here is also a little bit Misha. So it's all kind of <laughs> the same. Julia, you're all just talking about the same vague game. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit country, a little bit Misha. <laughs> 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 oh, other than that, do you guys want to know the uh, different events you could have uh, come upon during your, your drive over to the museum? Yes, please. The whole thing with the Black Diamond Diner, that was number one. Uh, Number two, there could have been a power line down and you had to save a family that was stuck in a car there, Mm -hmm. which would have been a little bit interesting because the car is conducting electricity, a lot of like not touching metal. It would have been a little bit more of a finesse mission. I was actually really interested in that uh, and some of the stats on that and like really making you do superhero stuff would have been fun. Um, Three was the one that you saw the tree down, I also rolled to see if the upcountry keepers were there, mm. and that was the one that they would have been there. Um, also, there was entirely possible a truck would have come before you had all moved the tree out of the way. So, Val, the fact that you took care of that was actually very good, because you would have had to make a DC 20 strength check to stop the truck like you were Spider-Man. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Very cool.
2: Um, I'm glad that Val got their moment. Because I think they felt a little useless sitting in the back seat, just kind of waiting for Aggie to drive and Milo to do his cool magic stuff. And they were just like, all right, well, if we had taken the tank, I would have had a gun that I could have mounted and, uh, you know...
1: (laughs) Uh, let's see the bear threat. So that was number four. Figuring out what if there was a bear, black ice that would have just been like straight up Aggie. You needed to stop from driving off the road. And then the first thing that you did immediately, which I thought was so funny, was that immediately Doctor Morrow skis by you, which was my <laughs> single favorite thing.
0: Would you have let me use my monk slow fall to help with uh, with the black ice situation?
1: How would that have like you would have slowly. <laughs> It's like you had slow motion in the car, but yeah. everybody else.
0: Like I had slow motion and because I was touching the car, it also had slow motion because that's how slow motion works. It does. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. We've
1: all seen the Matrix. We know how
2: slow motion
1: works. I'm not really used to you trying shenanigans. <laughs>
0: <so>. <laughs> I'm just really, I have that like little
2: shoulder me, <laughs> Emily Axford <Expert> energy.
1: <laughs> no, that wouldn't have helped. But if you'd use a key point, I would have let yeah. you move in slow motion and maybe you could have saved the car. Cool. Honestly, I'm getting more and more excited about event tables. I feel like I'm adapted to a fact that like I've laid all of this out and I have no problem with playing out a scenario. It feels like very crunchy rules as written Dungeons and Dragons, like straight up stuff from Wizard of the Coast. Boo. Boo. (laughs) Wizard of the Coast, boo. (laughs) But honestly, I'm kinda like a I like that it's a real thing that I wrote and I'm kind of taking it out of my own hands, which makes me happy.
2: Hell yeah. This is more of a uh, question for the players. Was everyone else like in character very frustrated with Dr. Morrow in these two episodes? <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> A thousand percent. Val was just like, please be honest with us for like two seconds and just tell us what was going on. Like, I understand you have places to be because you're mysterious and shit, but like, we need to know what's happening.
0: Yeah. And like, this is normal for your life, Dr. Morrow, but you you realize that the rest of us are not you. And maybe after so long of just being insulated and having like unlimited resources, you know, and just like living her own life, it feels like, well, of course you don't understand that like, I'm fine with this bear. But, but we're all just like, you're not fine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think Milo, uh but he's about all the biographies of Dr. Morrow, he's like, oh, my God, it's happening <laughs> in real life. And yes. Just, just and like in just the graphic
1: it. novels. She's so cool under pressure.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, here are a few questions from our audience on these episodes as well. Uh, so Plot Bunnies on Insta would just like to say, how dare you, Eric?
1: Oh, I've made it. Thank you. appreciate it. <laughs> <you. laughs>
0: J Paul 90 on Twitter would like to ask where you got the stat block for the Velociraptor. Did you make it yourself reskin something? Is it someone else's homebrew or is it just like a thing in D&D? Oh,
1: that's a good question. Yeah. uh, The Velociraptor is in Volo's Guide to Monsters. However, here's a surprise for you. I actually didn't come up with any sort of mechanics for that fight. I just kind of let you guys do whatever the fuck you want because I'm like, I'm going to shut this down and around. So it doesn't (laughs) really matter.
2: I also realized after we recorded and after listening to that episode that in the moment I was very worried about Quinn following Val into the fight, but then I realized that all of those raptors took their reactions to make attacks of opportunity on me, so they wouldn't have been able to take opportunity attacks on Quinn, so I realized that later,
0: but in the moment.
3: Mm. I
1: didn't think about that either. We can do a little
0: um, diversion into Quinn Corner here. Bray on Discord asks if Quinn has a specified class.
1: Oh that's a good question. Not really. Right now I just have like her powers and then I have a vague idea of her hp and what her stats are. If I wrote it out I bet I could just like have it there, but right now it's kind of just like ambiently in my head cuz npcs don't do the same thing as pcs do, you know? And pcs need this because uh, you as us players are playing a game, but like npcs are just like living their lives. So it's like Quinn just has climb powers and she's very nimble. And she has like high Dex, but she's pretty low on like everything else, mm. or pretty like uh, plus zero to everything else. Um, so I she's don't probably pretty plus, you know, eight on charisma too, though. <laughs> Only for Milo. No, that's just, back. No, that's just to you, Brandon.
0: <laughs> Milo's a p- personal plus ten to all uh, all Quinn rolls.
1: Mm. <laughs> uh, yes, that's right. She also does have high charisma, uh, but again, it's more like what happens in the in the moment. And since I'm kind of controlling everything, I don't have to, like, roll for her necessarily. But, like, if she got hurt, I have a vague idea of how many, how much HP she has as compared to the PCs and other things that are around. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't anticipate anyone punching Quinn. But we'll see.
0: Bonnie and Eddie on Insta wants to know if Quinn could ever become a permanent member of the team. And Mila wants to know, if so, what would her superhero name be?
1: <laughs> sticky hands. Yeah. I was literally just going to say <laughs> sticky hands. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, no. Dust got caught in it. <laughs> now it's useless. Throw it away. Buy another one at the grocery store
0: for fifty cents. My favorite thing is when a when my joke takes a, a couple seconds to uh, to land on Brando, and I can watch on Zoom as it as it hits, and it makes me really, really happy.
1: Listen, Quinn needs to stay in Lake Town City before that even happens, and she has to train. But right now, that she's being a a fun actress and having famous friends. So yeah. who even knows?
2: She's got a real life. It's nice that she's visiting, but she's got a real life. Lots of people want to know
0: about Milo and Quinn shipping. I, uh, I, listen, in reality, as a, as Amanda, the co-host of this podcast, I think it's very funny and I'm, I'm down for it. But in character, Aggie was just so immediately like, fucking no.
1: <laughs> I don't
0: want to cross the streams. It's, it's bad enough for my sister to be here. I don't need my new co-worker hitting on her. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to be fair, I don't think Milo knows how to hit on anyone, so it's
1: more we than just like, mumbling yeah. in her direction.
0: Yeah, you regarding Apple and Zach Rose makes me think, yes, that is true. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I will say a really fun thing for me to do was telling Milo to fly. <laughs> Playing Quinn is so much fun because all I have to do is just lean super hard into the chaotic thing I want, and then it will probably happen, which is something that definitely happens for Quinn. I love that. Eric, the
3: fun thing about that is you spend so much time of your life in this Dungeons & Dragons game trying to make me not chaotic, like as a player. <laughs> and then we have a chaotic off. And I'm like, all right, if we're going to go down this road, you're going to lose. And
1: then Val just slams the door. Nope. Not happening. <laughs> not even that. I It's just like, I think... Brandon's characters do the thing yes it does the most chaotic thing but I think that all of them have a sort of preservation like you need to be the one to make the chaos sure and I think you're doing it to me so when someone is doing it to you and peer pressuring your character like all of your characters pretty much do what they're also like have a pretty like weak backbone in terms of that would you, Tracy, who's just like fine, and uh, the man stuck out of time, uh, also is just like nothing matters. It's fine. So I think Milo also just like yeah, I want friends. I'll do it. That's fine. Gives it to peer pressure. That's the the
2: Milo guarantee.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, listen. Like I'll. I thought it was fun. I listen. It was messing my own thing up. So I'm like, I'll. If I'm doing it to myself, that's fine. <laughs>
0: Uh, Nola Brassine on Insta wants to know where Lucas gets all his snacks from.
1: This is I wanted to give this to Brandon. Of like, do you have? Is there a secret place in Mompofufuka that you all stash all of your snacks? I mean, yeah, as
3: in any office place where you have some sort of snacks, like you need to hide them from your ravenous coworkers yep, who yep. are jerks and will steal them. Mm-hmm. Um, so within the museum, um, <laughs> I like to think that occasionally. Uh, Milo's doing a tour so he gets to like a giant diorama of like an electron and like what it looks like and why it's so important to Dr. Morrow and like hidden behind it is all their snack stash what's and in so the nucleus? Candy it...
0: full size candy
3: <laughs> and occasionally if a kid is short enough they can see it and so they'll be like why is there stickers behind the electron and then Milo has to um,
1: just move the group along really quick
3: sure <laughs> the child away <laughs>
1: the only thing in electron is energy, which helps this atom stay together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, Michelle Spurgeon asks on Insta, does Milo not feel cold because of his connection to the dead?
3: Yeah, I think so. Uh, we're, we're sort of like dipping our toe in the water with that. Um, I think there'll be some more sort of like developments on how the ghosts and like the soul life affects the, the physical form that is Milo Um but um yeah, there's nothing no real inferences to draw from that except for yeah. It's not it's not a big deal when he goes outside in the winter with a t shirt on.
1: Except when he takes like cold damage.
3: Yeah,
2: him. he doesn't feel it, but he does take the damage.
3: <laughs> that's the important I mean part. that's a that's an Eric
1: Silver uh trademark, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that this was this was like a combination of the of the ghost stuff and also like those skinny white boys you know who are outside in january in shorts yeah totally except
2: we have established milo's never worn shorts in his life but if he was
1: in a different reality like if someone like john o'donnell who i knew in sixth grade who only wore shorts (laughs) even when it was snowing then you might be like that yeah yeah absolutely i don't it's okay john o'donnell doesn't know what podcast are good
2: good good good
0: (laughs) Michelle also asks what other go-go gadget stuff does Dr. Mayor Morrow have on her person
1: Uh, first of all thank you for acknowledging
0: my titles Um... (laughs) (laughs) constantly petitioning different like charitable boards to add that as a honorific
1: (laughs) you have to include multiple needs to be
2: five there or else what's the point (laughs)
0: yep (laughs)
1: You know, here's another thing. I didn't necessarily know how episode 15 was going to resolve. I just knew that there was going to be a bear there and everyone was going to throw themselves at them. And then Dr. Morrow was going to do something. So while we were doing this, I'm just like, you know, what would be really funny is if Dr. Morrow had rocket boots on that she could just leave (laughs) because she's... How she knows you. that she's always vaguely in danger, so <laughs> <laughs> so she could just do this on her own time. Honestly, a lot of this stuff happens while we play together. I don't know. Is I don't know. Probably a bunch of stuff. Probably uh, a a grappling hook. Uh, probably like um, a taser, just in case. Uh, there might be like a hot cocoa machine in there, like I'll very Jetsons. Feel like she a net a gun, maybe. Yeah, she she clicks her heels and a net pops out of her skis. <laughs> I was thinking, I feel like she
0: would definitely have, like, really primo snacks to just, like, scatter and run if there's, like, a bunch of kids running at her or something. <laughs>
2: just throws candy out.
1: I have, I still have Code Red. Does anyone want Mountain Dew Code Red? She throws it and skis away. Okay, but consider
2: pinata pantsuit.
1: Hmm... Go on. It's just like, <laughs> you know
2: how there's like the life vest and you pull a thing and it puffs out. Ooh, It's like that, except when there's a bunch of children around and she wants to escape, she pulls the tab and it just explodes and there's candy everywhere. Pinata pantsuit. <laughs> TM, I you like TM. the
1: idea when you first said it's, it's a it's a pinata it's a facsimile of Dr. Morrow so she can like <laughs> leave it in places like a decoy <laughs> mm, interesting but it's also filled with candy all the time mm-hmm. but it is just also a decoy if she needs to escape
0: gotcha cool 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 Michelle again coming through the great questions are the upcountry keepers just a publicity stunt for Emily or are they actually interested in helping I'll say from my yeah, perspective Eric. they probably are interested <laughs> in helping in theory. But for us, they're so fucking annoying yeah. that that they are mostly interested in publicity. Like I, I see how their intentions are good, but also like no.
3: I don't know. I don't see how it I don't I mean, I don't think their intentions are bad, but I don't think they have intentions to help. Is it like per performative
2: superheroing? Is that what we're kinda like mm-hmm. dubbing yeah, it? They so. feel yeah. that
1: way.
3: Yeah. Interesting.
2: Uh
1: yeah, I think it's it's from if we were looking at this objectively and I was writing like a BuzzFeed list or an average bear list, as it were, mm. about uh, nine reasons why the upcountry keepers are actually good. You'd know that they were doing it, but Emily Slaughter, I guess, I have, she's such a busybody to me. Like, she's a, if you met Leslie Nope in real life, I feel like that's what she would be like. Mm. Like, she's not, like, if that was someone you had to interact with on a regular basis who worked with you, you'd be like, man, fucking bums me out. <laughs> Please stop. Please stop. And someone like the, with the cynicism that you need in 2020 or 2020 X as we're living in in Lake town city they're definitely doing stuff. I just think that she also knows that it has to be public facing and as the other superhero team it feels like that you are doing good stuff and not saying anything about it. I can see why you're taking that on the chin. Mm-hmm. I mean, lots of people think that she's she's doing a great job and Sour Anthony's great and so is Taxonomy and all those guys. No one thinks that no. Sour Anthony is great, Eric. Hey, man. Not a single. <laughs> hey, man, I talked to KB Toys and they're making like a stuffed animal of me. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm hey, fuck you, man.
0: <laughs> All right, gotta end this with a question <laughs> that I can talk about. Um, Deep Space Two One Two One on Insta asked, "With the media closing in on the O'Hares, how does Aggie feel about the most public ones being near? Uh, bad, bad, <laughs> bad. Uh, I think she again, like she's kind of torn, you know, between these two impulses of like integrating her life a little bit better and um, and being kind of open with her loved ones or being not just the fixer um, in front of her family, but also." It's dangerous. They are impulsive. And it's like, if she had to choose for some siblings to be around, why not like the quiet married one or the one that the Guggenheim Fellowship is not going to fucking do anything <laughs> to, to destroy his own career? So I I love that Eric has the, the most sort of plot worthy ones around. But... Uh, Stephanie K on Insta asked if we wish we did anything different with our characters. And that was the only thing that came to mind for me is like selfishly, I wished that I started Aggie's opening scene, you know, like on a video chat with her family um, so that I could know what all their powers are. Cause I really want to know. And I don't know. Mm. Um, so that is the only thing that I have to say bad about my build for Aggie.
3: I would really love to see Eric do a like, like buttoned up sort of like, um, conservative NPC, you know hmm. what i mean because i don't think i've seen you really like go full into that like yet. corporate or like yeah like mild like mild-mannered like married you know married with children normal mm-hmm. kind of kind of person
0: milo's dad struck me as a little bit like that i mean he's also like a little he's bit like big um, dad energy big dad energy yeah, yeah which is a
1: little bit different but he's
3: still a little quirky
1: you know I guess they all are a little quirky, just because I think that that's a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I do too. Yeah, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think from campaign one. I think that there were a lot of people, like the, the speaker was. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was incredibly buttoned up. Yeah, and that's your true. your yeah. uh, ridiculousness really pulled it out of her. And as uh, <laughs> as the world was kind of falling apart, the speaker, I was really trying to. Uh, lay down the law on that. I'm also trying to think of people from like the Bachelorette tournament as well. Like a lot of those people were a lot more normal and they were just like on a reality show. (laughs) So
0: not Kevin Vacation, you're saying.
1: (laughs) There is nothing wrong with Kevin Vacation. (laughs) He just had wings. (laughs) And his last name was Vacation. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like the people who you all interact with just aren't normal they all have really important jobs, or at least think it's important, um, yeah. in that way. So, like, I don't know. It's like the people who are incredibly buttoned up and not even snooty, like I, they're at home. Yeah, you know? that's yeah. true. That's true. That's a good point. I
2: think uh, like Mr. Brewpot is fairly normal. He's just like a boss. Also, big yeah, dad that's energy. True. Yeah,
0: yeah. Hitomi uh, seems quite, uh, quite level-headed. She's cool though. Yeah.
1: She's you know, cool. Hitomi's very cool. He's yes, too cool. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know if there's anyone who just has like zeros as their modifiers for anything. I think Mr. Brewprod is close, but again, they have to add energy, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think that that's just that's kind of just where I end up pulling from. It, it's hard yeah. because especially because I I don't go voice to who they are. I go the opposite way, so I mm-hmm. think that I have to give them strong adjectives. Go for, it. but buttoned up is one mm-hmm. to your point, Brandon. Yeah. Like I said, I not, not that it's a bad thing. I just I don't know if I have found a place for them to put together. Um, yeah. But they're but they're around. I mean, the council. Some of the council people also are a little bit buttoned up. If not, they they're they're just terrible. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I think, Eric, to return to the uh, the question about if we wanted to change anything about our characters, I do wish that I had a more distinctive voice for Aggie. Because every time we sit down to play, I'm just like, um, I'm just going to make my voice a little bit lower. <laughs> and Julia's uh, very good accent of the town in which we grew up just, like, gets into my brain. And it's very hard for me not to use <laughs> when Julia's doing <singing laughs> it. Uh, so that's my my only, uh, only complaint, really. Julia, how about you? How about Val?
2: Uh, I don't think so. I think Val was... I don't wanna say that they were like fully formed with the idea, but it was easy to iterate off of my original concept. And I don't think there's anything that I would particularly change about them because I love them as is. And I know how I would respond to most situations now as Val. Yeah, me
3: neither. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm sort of on the same page with you, Julia. I don't think I would change much about Milo. I think he is pretty like average. But that's sort of like the choice that was intentional mm. to make him pretty average, you know? Um, but yeah.
2: He's a dorky lad and I love him, so he's a dorky lad. All
0: right. If um, if we were all at a party and uh, you like reached into the chip bowl and your hand hit the bottom of the bowl and realized there's no
2: more chips there, what would each of you do? What your characters do? Val <laughs> would track down another bag of chips and probably pour half of them in there and then mm. carry what's left of the bag around with themself. <laughs> very, good. very good Milo
3: uh, I think Milo would sort of like go around the party and like casually be like oh yeah did you guys see there's no chips left <laughs>
2: <That's> <laughs> like, oh man
3: we're out to of to chips like every,
2: what
3: you <laughs> to like everybody he saw just to see what happens until someone else did it
0: <laughs> I, I think Aggie would already be in the kitchen refilling it because chips should not get below one third so on that note I'm going to be right back Hey, it's Amanda. And for the first time ever, we have a guest anecdote for you titled Sleepy Kitty. All right, here's what it says. My cat is very vocal. He loves to meow, and sometimes I have a little conversations with him. So when it's time for me to go to bed, he follows me right into my bedroom and tries to keep me from leaving him and going into the void between reality and the dreamscape. So I've been looking for every possible way to keep him quiet while I'm trying to get my well-needed beauty rest. And it just so happens that I tried listening to join the party one night and let me tell you, he went straight to sleep. I thought maybe it was just that there was a sound for him to drift off to, so I also tried calming music. But no, it was only your fantastic DD podcast. He now waits patiently right beside my pillow for me to play that sweet, sweet audio magic so he can fall asleep. Sincerely, Cassidy. Welcome to the mid-roll. That noise you hear is your cat purring on your pillow. Thank you so much to the newest members of our Patreon family, Chris, Kusal, Alexandro, Casey, Justin, Daniel, Lori, and Magniloquent Chantus. Thank you so much for joining. We hope you enjoyed the first part of Join the Team as well as the second part that we just dropped last week. We made it in thanks for all of you who set aside five or ten or twenty bucks a month to support independent podcasts like ours. You make it possible for this to be our jobs, and we are so excited to bring you the third part of that game next month. If you're able to chip in, we want you to be part of our community as well. Today is a great day to join for as little as five bucks a month at patreon.com slash pod. Benefits to joining include access to our thriving Join the Party Discord chat forum, bonus content from Campaign 2, but also Campaign 1, and so much more. That's patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. Oh, and if you haven't checked your Patreon in a while, go ahead and do so. There are still like 70 of you who are on the old tiers and you're not getting those sweet rewards. So go ahead and update today. And we haven't mentioned this one in a while, but regardless of whether or not you can support us on Patreon or buy merch or support us financially, it's incredibly helpful when you recommend the show to your friends. Finding new audiences in podcasting is really hard. The most effective way to connect with people who might really love the show is just for someone who knows them really well to suggest it. It's like giving someone the perfect present, you know, but no one had to spend money or deal with packages. So we set up a special landing page to help new audiences get to know the show, including links to the beginner episodes where we teach people how to play D&D. So listen, text or email someone you care about, the link to jointhepartypod.com slash start today and tell them why they'd love the show. It's a huge help. We are sponsored by BetterHelp, a secure online counseling service. They connect you with licensed counselors through their secure app, letting you message with your therapist and schedule live phone or video sessions. You can also message your counselor in between sessions if you're worrying about something or think of a topic you wanna cover in your next call. I do this with my therapist via BetterHelp. And because they want you to find the best therapeutic match possible, they make it easy and free to switch counselors if need be cannot emphasize enough how much that is not a thing in traditional offline counseling. It's also more affordable than traditional counseling with financial aid also available. You can get 10% off your first month of counseling by signing up at betterhelp.com join the party. That's betterhelp.com join the party for 10% off your first month. betterhelp.com join the party. We are also sponsored by Function of Beauty. They make hair care that's formulated especially for you. One size doesn't fit all for almost anything, including shampoo, which is why Function of Beauty has over 54 trillion ingredient combinations to make a formula that is just for you. All I have to do is take a short quiz, which is very beautifully designed and very fun to see what custom formula their team comes up with. And then they deliver your formula right to your door. My favorite thing is that you can choose the color of your product, which is amazing, but also the scent and the strength of that scent. I sneeze whenever I smell perfume or scented candles. So it's so nice to for once get a scented product that is very mildly smelling of citrus or eucalyptus and it does not make me sneeze. You ever seen in the shower? It's terrible. So what are you waiting for? Go to functionofbeauty.com slash join the party to take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% on your first order. That's functionofbeauty.com slash join the party for 20% off and to let them know that you heard about it from our show and they should keep sponsoring us. That's functionofbeauty.com slash join the party. And finally, we are sponsored by HelloFresh. They help you save time and money by delivering easy to make recipes right to your door. They also have a huge variety of options every week, which helps me to break out of my cooking rut of the same two or three dinners that I repeat a lot. I recently really enjoyed their toasted coconut tempura shrimp, which is one of those meals I might feel intimidated to try on my own, but it was really easy to follow along with their recipe card, which also has photos. It's very helpful. They've also donated over 3.5 million meals so far in 2020, and they offer customers a chance to buy meals for people in need during the checkout process, which I think is great. So go to HelloFresh.com slash join the party 90 and use code join the party 90 to get a total of $90 off, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash join the party 90 and use the code join the party 90 to get a total of $90 off, including free shipping. And now back to the after party. All right, we're back. All the chip bowls are topped off. Nobody Ooh. needs to worry.
1: Oh, hey, did you guys notice that there are chips now? They're so great. Uh-huh, I'm yeah. so happy. That that's They're good. dip. <laughs> um, let's... Oh, man, if only there was dip. I really wish there was <laughs> I wish someone would get
2: us some dip. That would be really cool.
0: Aggie puts down her drink, makes deliberate
2: eye contact, and turns back into the kitchen. <laughs> I liked the moment in the episode where Quinn turned to us and was like, is she always like this with you guys? And Bob was like, yes, but that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> thank you let's get into some more kind of fun like general and character questions ask bergman on insta says how was eric's first game of D that you did dm how the hell did you sort your notes writing my first campaign and i haven't been a dm before um love the show in multitude but i'd love some help
1: oh man i'm trying to think i think that this was the first one that i played with Amanda, Julia, Eric Schneider, and Jake. Mm-hmm. That's right. I wrote down a lot of stuff. I definitely wrote down all the places that I thought you might go, people who were there. Just like a really big list, I think was really helpful. Like writing down all the places that you think they would go, all the rooms, and then writing down all of the NPCs that like really naming them in advance and giving them adjectives and characters and, and jobs. But then the, the one I did later which I think about is that immediately, uh, someone Jake or, or Schneider canceled. It was Jake.
2: Jake wasn't there that episode. Oh, it was Jake. You had him fuck the cheese witch.
1: That's right. She was <laughs> fucking. He was fucking the cheese witch for the right Jesus time. Christ. Think, yeah, well, was, like this was set my session four, and I had to throw something together that was non-canonical in like half an hour, and then it just kind of happened, and it was really fun, and it was like. An, advent- an adventuring consultant wanted to hire them and have them do like some word associations but it conjured a demigod it was really fun so kind of just like giving yourself a through line about what you want to do the way that I think of DMing is like you're playing a, a game of Euchre or Spades or anything where you have a hand that you have to play even like Magic the Gathering or Yu-Gi-Oh where it's like you have your hand and that is your prep those are your notes but you can play it in any order that that you want according to what they do. You can move NPCs from one place to another. So for example, a really good example from campaign one was when uh, everyone went into the giant mistake and and Tracy went into the back kitchen immediately. What I did have, I wrote down that there were illegal snail races happening. But I did <laughs> not know that this was going to happen. I thought that you had to look at some shady shit and like, see if you wanted to make some money or not. But I had that, and I'm like, all right, well, oh, Tracy wants to be Batman, and I guess Batman is breaking up an illegal snail racing ring, <laughs> but that's going to be happening there. So you just kind of move it around. And if someone doesn't interact with an NPC, it's fine, because you can just use it that episode or not. So what I would say is have your prep. Don't spend... Uh, I've seen that, like, you wanna cap yourself at half of the amount of time prepping that you would spend playing. So, like, if you're gonna play for three hours, do not prep for more than an hour and a half. And just, like, write down as much stuff as you think you need, write down a lot of extra names, um, and write down things that you want them to interact with because they're fun and funny, but anything else, just, like, let it flow. And I think that you're okay. Uh, I I use Google Docs and I use Notion because I just like making lists and tables.
2: I will also say that the last-minute prep session was the infamous session where you made me cry, just for
1: people's... <laughs> I didn't want to include it this time! Like, I say it every time. Every but time. Yes, the, the reason why, when I felt like I was doing a good job and that you don't need to over-prepare, is that I made Julia cry because of just, like, pulling stuff in from her character's backstory and things that I thought would be fun. And we also didn't know what the demigod was going to be until I pulled things from their literal, actual character, um, which was really fun. So... If you want a DM, you have storytelling abilities. So like you have that and uh you know, you're you're playing it out. I think the less the less notes the better. Um, because it forces you to think on your feet.
2: Hell yeah.
0: I do really like Notion for organizing. I switched from uh, Evernote to Notion at the end of last year because Evernote sold personal data to the government. Um <laughs> And it's it's really, it's like very modular. So it's cool if you want to like make a list, but then it ends up being part of a larger project and it has like emoji support in the titles, which is very important to me. Um, so recommend <laughs> it.
1: I do like the emoji support. Uh, I have a different Notion document for each arc, and the first arc was a bank, and the second one was a snowman. <laughs> what is the next one, Eric? I can't tell you. Well, it's Ooh. gonna be it's gonna be spring next season, so it's okay. a flower. Okay. It's nice. a pink flower emoji.
3: Ooh,
0: writing down my notes. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> spoilers! It's gonna be spring next.
0: Bray asks, "What is each of our characters' favorite wintry drink? Coffee, hot chocolate, eggnog, etc." Ooh. I think Aggie really likes hot apple cider and it's, you know, local cider uh, mulled on the stove or bust. God,
1: that's so good. I bet Aggie has like all of the big spices, like the full spices, like an actual piece of star anise. And like an actual <laughs> nutmeg nut. Did you know nutmeg is a nut? It's just a nut. Never what? heard of that what? before. <laughs> it's just a nut.
0: Yeah, I think Aggie has like my dream pantry. And if any of our very talented um audience members who would like to draw Aggie in her dream pantry just wanna like let me know
3: <laughs> I would love that. Just sort of like ariel in her cave of wonders or whatever yeah
0: like in front of just like you know beautiful like dark wood shelving with glass jars of like whole spices and you know grains and all that good shit oh my god i'm getting a little bit like
1: sweaty palms right now that would be so great thingamabobs yeah i got them just give me a second so good (laughs) Uh, somewhere around here what do you call them uh, nuts? And, uh quarter nuts quarter, bolts? <laughs> quarter nuts <laughs>
0: bolts oh yes no half of it is uh is um food and the other half is hardware organized the exact same
1: way and that's when you walk into pier one and say i want more <laughs> <laughs> these were all mermaid little mermaid references give me my flowers
3: incredible is pure is pure one still around no go they're by- going by. bankrupt <laughs> There's a oh, pure well, one in my in
1: my alternate universe, there's still a pure one. <laughs> sorry, I meant house, house warehouse, my fault, yeah, you know what there disappointed
2: me. the sales, even with their going out of business sales, were not very good, still too expensive.
1: seems like we've
3: solved the mystery of why they're going out of business. Hmm.
2: I really have
0: a lot of headcanon about uh, Aggie's house and kitchen. I think all of her appliances are, like, from the 60s and 70s. And they're just, like, workhorses. Just, like, they don't make them like this anymore. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, my grandma texted me, like, oh, uh, my mother's juicer. My grandma's 81. Her mom's juicer from her childhood. Oh, my She gosh. still had. And she's like... My mom's toughest iron juicer, mint condition. Connor doesn't want it. How about you? (laughs) And I was like, hell yes, I do, Grandma. Hell yes, I do. And I think Aggie, all of her appliances are like from the 40s through 70s. And she just like maintains them lovingly
2: as if they're a vintage car. Incredible. Anyway, favorite drinks.
3: That was a question. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I think Val likes a like the kind of decaf coffee that you have after a meal, Mm. but spiked with Frangelico.
1: No, what nice. is Frangelico? It is, is that one of Italian
2: friends? liqueur that's like hazelnut flavored.
1: Very <laughs> <Frank okay>. good, <laughs> That's actually Eric. one of Salomone's cousins. <laughs> <Damn it>. <laughs> hey, <laughs> uh, you better pay me, or uh, me and my, my good friend Frangelico are going to come over and turn over your shit.
2: <laughs> if you want to know something really funny, it's a brown bottle that's shaped like a monk. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep.
0: Then, then, uh, and China will be right over. <laughs>
1: I got my two friends, Fran and Jellicoe, right here for you. Uh, <laughs> <geez>. <laughs>
3: Jesus Christ! <laughs> I think Milo just likes um, super sugary coffee drinks. Like he's super into peppermint mochas. and oh, yeah. um mm. What is the other uh, Christmas drink?
0: Um, peppermint mochas. I think and... they have like a butterscotch something, right? Something
3: like they that. They usually yeah. do like a, a salted
0: saline?
2: caramel for winter and stuff like
3: that. Yeah. yeah, he love he loves a good salty caramel. Mm. You know.
0: Does Milo have a Starbucks name even though his name does not need a Starbucks name?
3: Yes. It well he thinks because he has powers that he needs to always hide his name <laughs> even though it doesn't matter at all. Very good. Um and so he changed it up each time also. So right now he goes by like Rex <laughs> yeah, you know, it's great. You I use love it.
1: Lucas for 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 a long time until Lucas called you on it. I was gonna say Luke, yeah. as
0: in Skywalker, and then Lucas is like, "I'm ordering with you. This doesn't
2: help."
1: Luke, <laughs> Lucas, you can do Philo. I mean, that's that's your name, right?
2: Miles, yeah.
1: <laughs> Philo, Philo, do no? Is that that's not your name? <laughs> I know that this was on everybody's uh, tongue at the tip of their tongue, and I just need to tell you, um, January goes hard into hot cocoa mm. and, but it's like sourcing the best cocoa uh, there was a place this just shut down in New York City what was the name City Bakery used to have in, in mm-hmm. they would have the most incredible sugary hot chocolate I'm talking about like the hot chocolate was very bitter but then the the marshmallow was like the size of a one inch by one inch cube incredible it was massive <laughs> it was massive and uh they would have different flavors all throughout February. It was like February was a hot chocolate month and it was just it was so incredible. So I feel like January's really into that stuff and hops down to New York City to get that. Nice. I feel like hops January will we'll take thank you. The uh the private helicopter down to like
3: where is cocoa grown? Nicaragua? I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> all right. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. And just like picks the the beans himself.
2: in his little paws.
1: That's adorable. Mm -hmm. And then
2: has to roast and process it himself.
1: A hundred percent.
0: Well, Julia Catherine on Insta wanted to know, other than drinking cocoa, what does January get up to when they're home alone? (laughs) (laughs) Is it just like
2: cocoa and cocoa related
0: hobbies? Yeah. Roasting
1: the cocoa, uh, grinding the cocoa, making sure it's delicious. I
2: can Sure, January is a knitter.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think January is just like when you your grandpa says he's puttering around, whatever he's doing, that's what January is doing.
0: <laughs> Julia, extraordinary transition here. Bray on Discord wants to know, does Val's mom knit? And if so, how many lewd scarves and hats
2: does Val have from their mom? Oh my God,
3: so many dick scarves. <laughs> I
2: don't think that she does knit. I think that is like... I picture her very much like a um, like feminist rebel in that she grew up with very strict gender norms that she kind of like goes as far away from them as possible. She's very like much like a woman of the 70s and 80s. Yeah. So I don't think she knits. I think she does like again, she does pottery and stuff like that. So she has like her own kiln and makes a lot of like if she's giving gifts for the holidays, it's usually a mug or something to that effect. Lots of boob planters. A lot of those are big on Etsy.
1: I also think that like she's never done a dick because she says like she's never made an artistic penis Mm -hmm. because she's like there's enough of that in the real world. (laughs) Why would I need to make that? (laughs) She's not wrong. (laughs) Not wrong.
0: Otto would like to know what is each PC and a couple of NPCs favorite Stewart's flavor. If you don't know this regional uh, gas station ice cream chain, uh, go with just general
1: flavor. For ice cream,
2: for ice cream, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Aggie really likes the mint chip. Huh, I'm a mint chip person myself. I have to think about what Val likes. Give me a second.
1: Can I? Can I do one? Do one just uh, a lot off the bat? Sure. All right. Um, I would say that Val likes anything like anything that has alcohol in it like a rum even a rum raisin or like an amaretto any that's just like the fact that you're eating something sweet that also has the alcoholic bite mm-hmm. that feels very val especially from the the drinks milo really loves like mango sorbet and you compare <laughs> mango sorbet all over the city <laughs> uh mango sorbet is delicious so <laughs> I, 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 it's not a dig it's the true it's the truth I was uh, gonna
3: say, Milo might. I think you're right, but I think he also he vacillates between like a mango sorbet, which is much lighter, and then on his heavy days, he goes for like a like a rocky road or something, mm. where it has just like tons of mini marshmallows in it. You nice. know? Yeah,
2: I was gonna say, I think Val is the kind of person that really likes a lot of like crunch going on in their ice cream. So like uh, throw some peanuts or some chocolate chips or something like that, and there's something that gives it like texture besides the ice cream texture.
0: Nice. Mm.
1: I was going to say that Aggie really likes strawberry and then takes it home and doctors it up herself. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like Cute. it. Foley and some berries. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: Kaziah <laughs> Wilkins asks what our favorite NPCs are. So players, what are our favorite NPCs? Obviously January, but beyond him.
2: <laughs> hmm. Oh, this is like picking your favorite children. Unacceptably.
3: I mean, Des? Can we say Des?
2: Des. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many.
3: I mean, January is the correct answer,
1: but... I would like to challenge you all and do someone who's not like around all the time. Like, is there anyone who's, who is very, it was a flash in the pan who you're just like, I like that guy.
2: I have loved every, and I haven't had a lot. I've only had the one interaction, but I have loved every Ant Min moment Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. Val and Ant Min have had so far. Like, that was like, they're just intense and I like an intense RP moment. So it's, it's a big thing for me.
0: I really like, Val's mom um, because I can just kind of sit back and watch the scene unfold in front of me and it's like I'm <laughs> watching a movie it's just truly wonderful
3: I mean obviously I'm a big fan of all the the boys um, I do like Apple's just
1: general aura Yeah, <laughs> so big very true I think I like all the NPCs like the third time I do them I think that's where, that was something when you said the question about anything you'd wish you could change about the PCs. Like, I wish I had a better handle on them when I started, but, you know, it just takes time to develop them. Like, I really like Dr. Morrow now. I didn't like Dr. Morrow nearly as much when I first started doing her. But now that she's like this Doc Brown character who's really intense and needs to tell you how things go is very is a lot of fun to do.
3: Yeah, I, n- I noticed the. Mo- I think it was in fifteen when it was the moment where it was like something flipped and you're
1: like, oh, this is who Doctor Morrow is. Mm-hmm. I it, I think it was when in the the whiteboard meeting when she said, I did something with electrons, and that's when I'm like. Ah, that's who oh, she yeah. is. Yeah,
2: yeah. You said that in the episode of Clear Eyes, Full Hearts. You're like, that is the moment where I was like, this is Doctor Morrow's character. Ah. <laughs>
1: Man, you should really, everyone should be really listening to that because there's a lot of really interesting insight and it's a really good game. And mm-hmm. episode two is out now, and there's going to be a third episode. So everyone should be patrons. So that would just be a really good idea. It
2: also might be like that game has repercussions on the game that we're playing. Who's to say? Who's to say? Oh,
1: that's true. That's true. That did happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could say there is a canonical <laughs> moment in Clear Eyes. Like, I'm thinking it's canonical now. So you all three of you need to listen to it. So you now understand what's happening.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to close uh, with less of a question, more of a comment from Cafe Snob on Twitter. I don't like Sour Anthony, but at the same time, I think he's underrated. Hmm.
3: <laughs> Food for thought. That's that's a take. Yeah. That is a take. <laughs> I respect it.
0: Oh, and we also had a couple questions about Slam. It feels Ooh, like slam. every day is a year. So I completely forgot that this came out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we put out so much audio. Th- in the last 30 days. He really did. I know. Now that we can actually talk about it, we did two regular episodes, one after party, then now this after party, two episodes of Join the Team, and I feel like there was something else in there, and maybe I'm and just slam. exaggerating. And then and slam. slam, yeah, exactly. So we put out a lot of audio. That was the audio I was teasing.
0: Mia Schloss asked, did Charles, the assistant, look like Chris Hemsworth in Ghostbusters? <laughs> now that's all I can picture. Oh, my God. I dig it.
1: That's really good. He definitely had really similar energy. I thought that that was really funny. And I thought that Julia's character um, needed a male assistant. Moxie needed a male assistant to kick around. And he was really important to me. He was, in my head, he looked like. The assistant from the first season of Smash. Okay. Do you remember that? Yes. The one about Broadway?
2: Yes. The Marilyn Monroe
1: musical. Which is so terrible. Everyone needs to watch it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, he was like Ellis, but now it's something like, he's like a little taller and a little more, he was just like super tall and super skinny in my head, but now it's probably just Chris Hemsworth wearing glasses.
2: I'm into it. That
0: actor is uh, Jaime Sapero, who is uh, wonderful.
1: It makes it even better thinking
3: about Chris Hemsworth becoming Thor later, and he's just in our camp, in our world, he just keeps getting kidnapped. Yes, it's to very cute.
1: It's now even funnier knowing that he lit on fire and then disappeared for a while. (laughs) I really
2: like the idea that it is, like, canonically as big as Chris Hemsworth is, but Moxie is bigger. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) That is is incredibly funny. Yes, for sure.
2: Um, Also, I think we addressed this in the Discord,
0: but for everybody else who's not yet a patron, is the Talking Daisy based on the flower from Hello from the Magic Tavern?
1: Oh, my God. The Talking Daisy. Um there's something really funny about a flower that swears at you and says shit like that. <laughs> so, no, it wasn't based off that. I just thought it was really funny. I It was kind of like a reverse uh, Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors. Like, not a big plant, but a really small plant. But I, I see that I now that I remember, it's very similar. I actually had a lot more inspiration from uh, Flowey from uh, Undertale. This, like, terrible, evil conniving flower that ruins your whole life in undertale but no i just thought it was a really funny thing to do <laughs> what would have happened if we had fed the
3: flowers enough blood
1: oh it probably would have audrey too out yeah okay yeah Okay. Or you could have like thrown it at the. It was really just supposed to help you out if you was if you could just gave it a little bit and then it was throw just like it. oh hell, hell you yeah, fuck that. oh man fuck that guy I fucking hate the robot devil fuck that <laughs> fucking asshole bitch I fucking hate that guy.
0: I would never throw my best friend.
1: <laughs> but it's like as ven- but like as vengeance or something. Uh, but yeah, if all of you'd given it blood, I think it would have been a real Audrey Two moment. yeah, Yeah,
2: I'm still concerned that that's going to be like the next villain after the the robot devil.
0: You got to play fast and loose in side campaigns. I love it so much.
1: Listen, the robot devil, much like the Christian devil, can never die and will always (laughs) haunt you. Okay. (laughs)
0: Uh, Very good. I keep waking up um, sometimes and the first thought in my brain is like, why didn't I block the fucking doors?
1: (laughs) And it really just haunts me. (laughs) Oh, man, I love Slam so much. It's There's something about playing a comic book inside of a comic book that, like, really restores some of the silliness of the first campaign, of a fantasy campaign, that I really like going back to. Like, having a giant rolling pumpkin, having a robot devil... Uh, having a character die but not actually die, like all that silliness. Oh, like when when uh, Agent Smith looked up where the robot devil was, and it was like a Luigi's Mansion mansion, and it's just like the robot devil lives here. That was very funny. <laughs> and I know I do stuff like that in the actual campaign, but really leaning into it intentionally is the why we like Slam so much. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Hero Forge keep sponsoring us so we can keep doing it. Yeah. Please. No,
0: genuinely. Uh, podcast ads are like you know they're they're complicated and most of the time it's just like okay there's an ad slot on an episode so like I'll do a one minute ad and like that's that but Hero Forge genuinely is is really great they love working with creators they love sponsoring weird shit and when we talked to our contact there and was like hey um do you want to sponsor a side quest episode uh set in a comic book set in our universe they were like sign me up dude (laughs) so uh we really appreciate it and hopefully we can bring you more.
3: Yeah, and if you want us to keep doing more, go tell Hero Forge that you liked it. Yes, tell Hero Forge and
2: let me play Moxie more so I can say ridiculous things like, I subsidize your healthcare, I get your, <laughs> your acupuncture.
1: <laughs> Man, maybe we should put some more heroes in there. And maybe I can take the NPCs from the different subclasses from No Capes. Ooh, you should buy that as well. That no
0: Capes, the guide linked to in the description of this episode. Oh oh my goodness.
1: Oh, up. Let's move into the spoily corner. Oh, there were so many spoilies. Yeah, uh, you all want to know what happens next so bad, don't you?
0: <laughs> I am think I'm just going to read them in succession. And then at the end, we can have a really extended one, like at a, a like at a, a elementary school graduation. Like, let's just save the class till the end. That's what <laughs> I feel about that?
2: Okay.
0: Okay. so specific. Yeah. All right. Uh, Night of Mirrors corner. Stephanie K. Is the bear connected to the Night of Mirrors somehow? When is the Night of Mirrors coming back? Not having them in the last few episodes is eyes emoji. Mia Schloss asks, does the Night of Mirrors use a snowmobile instead of a motorcycle in winter? That's a very good one. Vicky Moo. Why is Dr. Mayor Morrow cloning bears? <laughs> good question. <laughs> uh, Mel118 is the keypad combo for Dr. Morrow's office 8005. Michelle Spurgeon. It's boobs in math.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah. All of the keypad, the default keypad code in Laketown City, all of it is boobs.
0: Not one, 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 one. Boobs. <laughs> it's boobs.
1: <laughs> it, it, actually, Dr. Morrow instituted that because she thought that boobs would make more people change it other than one, two, three, four, five. Uh, that's fair. So that's actually um, a smart, that smart big deal. Yeah.
0: Michelle asks, how has crime fighting affected Aki's work as caretaker of the historic district? Andy Noel, know, uh, yo, what's up with Sour Anthony? He is so <laughs> sus, immediately would call out.
1: Uh, for those of you olds out there, sus is what people say in the popular uh, game Among Us, where people are suspicious.
0: <laughs> Vicky Moo, will we be seeing Tegan again? Sacha Desh was the bear a villain in disguise? Because regular black bears hibernate. Thank you. Hey, you,
1: mm. hey, you know, hold on. I looked this up. Please not hibernate. Me. I spent so much time looking up uh, animals in upstate in New York, York guys. It was so please be proud of me. Um, bears don't just sleep. Bears also go out and have to forage for food when they do get hungry. So there would be a bear out if it was a real bear. I'm not saying it is or I'm not saying it isn't. But um, according to the Alaska Fish and Wildlife News <laughs> segment, Ask a Wildlife Biologist, do bears really sleep all winter? No, they don't. Okay. They, they do not hibernate. They
3: go into a torpor Ooh. and they do go out and forage for food. Okay. Eric is 100% correct. I learned this like
1: a month ago. <laughs> did you also learn it from the Alaskan Fish Wildlife News? Well, I did, did. Yeah. I'm subscribed to them. For February 2008? Yeah. <laughs>
0: all right. And Just to close out, Kate asks, does Lucas notice the switch between Killanova and Milo at all? I was surprised Eric didn't try to address the deception of it all. Can you believe this? Is this all taking place within the danger shed of fun and destiny? Michelle, is there still stuff in the water causing changes? Question mark, question mark. Big bear and big mountain lobster. <laughs> and then Desmond Ishmael, what is Dr. Morrow not telling us about these giant animals? She is way too calm about this entire bear situation.
2: Mm. Mm. Who can say? Who can say? Who can
1: say? Who can
3: who can say something's <laughs> Who can
1: say? Eric
0: could say. He just isn't. These mm. are just really
1: good spoilies. I think you're all interesting and you're all so smart. And thanks for listening. <laughs> keep, <laughs> keep listening. They will be unspoiled for you.
0: Well, I know that uh, working on Join the Party is my my favorite part of the week in terms of being able to like sit down, think about a fictional universe where my actions have consequences and... It is really lovely. So thanks, Eric, for preparing this world for us. Thanks, Julianne Brandon, for being my compatriots. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Genuinely, it's it's way more fun to do podcasts when there are people who care about them. And you guys care so much.
2: oh Thank that you. That
0: was very sweet. And Eric,
3: specifically, thank you for allowing me the chance to try to roll better every week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. Can only go up from here.
1: That's true. It's such a low bar now. You're just like, oh, I rolled a 12 and everyone's like, yes. Excellent. Yes. My son. (laughs) My son. (laughs) Hey, that was another episode of the after party. We'll be back with a new episode next week. See you later.
0: Later. Bye guys. May your roles trend ever upward.
1: Please keep that whole bit in. I think it was good. You you, can do it again. You you can keep the whole thing in. (laughs) You want to do it again? No, I want it to be that. Okay, good. And scene.
0: Yay. We
1: did it.